Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. In addition to my responsibilities as the Bishop of the North Texas Conference, I'm also assigned as the Bishop to the United Methodist Bishop in Honduras. Some of you know that. And because of that, I've been practicing my Spanish and getting my language skills better in Spanish. As that has been happening, I've discovered that I may go to all the school that I can and I may do some things online, but when I'm immersed in a Spanish-speaking culture, then I begin to understand more and I'm able to say more. Last January was the first annual conference I presided over in the Honduran church, and I remember asking frequently as I began to preside in Spanish, I asked a simple word, Entienden? Do you understand? I mean, I could understand, but I wanted to make sure that other people understood as well. This is Pentecost. We're celebrating Pentecost, and many of you know it as the birth of the church. You know the story well. It's the story in which, once again, those people who had been following Jesus were gathered together. Uh, much like they gathered after the crucifixion or after they scattered because they didn't know what was going to happen to them, what was next. And then there was the resurrection. And then there were those earthly appearances of Jesus between those several weeks, which culminated in his ascension into heavens. And they began to think again, what is next? And then on that day, called Pentecost, a Jewish holiday, celebration, They were gathered, and then there was this wind that moved across them, much like the wind or the breath of God that moved across the waters as the earth was formed. And they began to be reminded that Jesus said that the Spirit would be sent to be on them, to rest upon them, and with the wind were tongues as of fire. Not tongues of fire, but tongues as of fire. But those remarkable thing that happened on that day was as they were listening to people around them, people who were gathered from other places that did not speak the language they spoke, they heard them all speaking and they could hear them in their language. It would be like you were able to hear someone in another language, but somehow you had a a translation device and you were beginning to hear the interpreter or the translator, but it was nothing like that. And they marveled at what was happening and there was this, the tongues as a fire dancing upon them, the rush of the wind, the movement of the Spirit, obviously, and then they could understand each other. There are many ways to interpret the text. There are many ways in which to look at it, but I want you to think about it in this way, is is that indwelling and the giving of the Spirit and being able to understand everybody in their own language was a way in which the Spirit was saying to everyone that the mission of of which I'm commissioning all of you who have followed Jesus and witnessed what he has done is a witness that is meant for the whole world. For the whole world. And into the known world, some of them went. And they were understood. And they proclaimed good news. I'm standing in St. Andrew United Methodist Church. On this very day, we were scheduled to begin annual conference, and we know that it's been postponed 
But I wanted to speak to you from here because to remind you that even though we have plans that sometimes get changed, that there's some things that remain the same. It's not just the building, it's it's really what remains the same is the good news of Jesus Christ and the witness that we're all engaged in together. Twelve weeks ago, when I said that we would be closing churches for public gatherings for a period of time, I never imagined that we would be, the 31st of May, still not open for public worship. No one knew the strength of this virus. No one knew how fast it would spread. No one knew that people would still be dying. And I just thought it would be safe for a couple of weeks, maybe four at the most, for us to just do what people were doing, social distancing and staying home. I have to admit, what I was thinking of immediately was, I want to do no harm. I don't want any of our clergy to be infected by the virus because of a gathering on a Sunday morning or Saturday evening. I didn't want any lay person to contract COVID-19 by simply being at a worship service. And what happened is a fast decision then became the rapid pace at which clergy and laity light began to be in ministry. So it's not as if our church is closed. It is as if our church is open in a very new way. And while there are people think, I want to go back so much, one of the things that you've done together is you've been the church so well. You've been able to do ministry in ways you didn't think it was ever possible, and I stay amazed at how it is that even in the midst of this pandemic and things are not able to be done as easily as they once were, and how it is that we, we worship on Zoom or on Facebook Live or any other number of platforms, and how it is that it's as if, we thought everything would come to a stop. Everything has rapidly increased. I've been on enough Zoom calls that there are a number of people on the screen. You have to go from screen to screen to screen to see everybody. And I was at a Council of Bishops meeting uh, a few weeks ago on Zoom, the largest attendance we'd ever had, people speaking their own language. We were supposed to come muted, but... Uh, have you ever known a preacher that you could mute? Uh, no one was muted, and people were greeting each other in native languages, and I just sort of sat there and smiled and, and heard all of those voices around me, and I was taken back to perhaps what Pentecost may have been like. But I'll tell you what the birth of church is like now. It's not that we will go back to the way things were. It's that we will go forward to a new way of doing things. So many pastors have told me it's not as if we will go back to church and forget online. It is we will continue to do both. Uh, pastors tell me that they are actually uh, preaching to more people than they were before this. And there are more people engaged. And one of the things that we're seeing in the North Texas Conference, by and large, is the increase, not just in activity, but the increase of engagement. St. Paul United Methodist Church and his pastor, Richie Butler, is engaged in an initiative that is very important to communities of color and people who live on the margins economically. And that is how to ramp up testing. And so they've engaged with other partners across uh, the city of Dallas to move to testing sites and churches in a number of ways to really have a sense about where the virus is and how to protect people from it. I'm grateful for that ministry. I'm reminded of a, of a Zoom call I had with those people who were going to be ordained, and later that day, those people were going to be commissioned on the Monday night of annual conference, June 1, and 
And I asked him, so tell me how things have changed. And, and one of the persons to be commissioned, she told me, she told all the groups, she said, well, one of the things that's happened is, is a group of moms approached me and I imagine called her and said, could we have a mom's Bible study on Zoom? And what was thought to be maybe 20 or 30 people, there have been over three or 400 people who've engaged in that at different times. And by that, they can tape the Bible study and watch it at an appropriate times. No one had to travel. People could do it on their own, and it's been an ongoing ministry that probably will never stop now. Think of the ease of that. Someone could stay in their home, join their friends on a Zoom call, knowing that they're going to get together at some other time, but I don't have to worry about having supper with the kids, dash out the door, take some time at the church, go back. Think about that. I'm thinking about the numbers of ways in which people engage to help people in our communities all over the North Conference, Texas Conference, to have a meal. Students, children, youth who go to schools and are on free and reduced lunch would go hungry if it were not for the gifts of churches. Your gifts. Your willing to pass out, willingness to pass out food. Think about that. I think about the number of enga other engagements in which the church has been the church in some very unique ways that really begin to hearten me. One of my pastors told me that she had uh, gone to the church on a Friday afternoon. Uh, there were less than 10 people there, and there was a family who had not been in church for some time. Some of them had never been baptized, and they had just happened upon that service of worship and wanted to join and they did. And they showed that video clip online during worship the following Sunday. I don't know what will happen when we finally are able to gather. Some even begin to think that we won't do it with music. But I'm inspired by just singing or seeing a choir sing via Zoom, the Hallelujah Chorus. Think of who else we can touch if we take what is happening and begin to use it in some new and creative ways for the gospel of Jesus the Christ. I'm grateful to you. I'm grateful for you. Clergy and laity like who've just taking this and knowing this is what is best at this time. And it may have been able to create a new future. I think the most telling piece of the Acts of the Apostles reading for this Pentecost Sunday happens sort of at the end after Peter, has, uh, Peter begins to preach. He then quotes from a prophet that they all knew. Here are these words. Peter, everyone who's gathered that day, Hear them in their own language and understand, he says from the prophet Joel. And the last day it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And this is the verse I like the most. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Whether we have named it or not, whether we've acknowledged it or not,
young men and young women have had visions of what the church can be. Others of us have begun to dream again. This isn't the worst thing that's happened. But it's not a good thing. But we do know that in all things, God is able to work for good with those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so I want to thank you for your vision and for your dreams. And I just encourage you not to think of this as a celebration of the church's birth, but a celebration of a rebirth into a new future and a new vision. At that annual conference session in Honduras, there's a woman who's the secretary to the annual conference who sat by me and kept the notes and would remind me where we were on, were on the agenda. Her English, I thought, was better than my Spanish. And I'd said to the congregation several times, entienden, entienden, do you understand? And at a break, she, sat, she was sitting there and she put her hand on my arm and said, obispo. Nosotros entendemos. We understand. Conocemos su corazón. We know your heart. Friends, may our hearts be known. As of the tongues of fire, just in closing, uh, they were really imprinted uh, on Roman coinage above Caesar's head to proclaim not only his authority, but also his perceived divinity. And probably it's not lost on anybody who was really aware of those tongues as a fire. It was God's way of saying, I'm making a mark on all of you who gather here in my son's name. A mark that you have authority to represent the divine presence in this world. And as you leave here, don't forget it. So my question to you is, on this Pentecost day, when we come through this, and even when we gather in church, but most importantly, as you meet people whom you didn't know, and people who've suffered significantly, there's time. Will they be able to mark and sense that you're one who follows a divine one, known as the Christ? What's next? We don't know. But I believe God has every confidence in you to bring about a new future for the church. May God bless you. Amen.